Soldiers of Christ, arise and put your Blessings to you today from Chowchilla Church of Christ. We bring to you our podcast, and we, once again, as always, are excited in the Lord to bring you his loving teachings, his loving word, and these loving podcasts. We hope and pray that you and your family and friends are enjoying what we're teaching and what we are preaching in order that we may be or might be reaching you. Today, we have an exciting topic. We're talking about the hope that saves us. The last episode we had consisted of the topic, you and I have hope in God, in Christ. We want to talk today about the hope that saves us. Before we get into that topic, we always like to start out with prayer. Please join me in prayer. Father, we thank you again that we have this wonderful word of God to show us your way, your will, and who you are. Will you now guide us and direct our steps so that we will walk in hope? We will be worthy in this hope and we will be the way that you want us to be in this hope. For you're going to teach us through your word in just a few moments that this hope in your word even saves all of us. Teach us now these things as we ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. If you have your copy of God's word, turn with me, please, to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Last study, episode, lesson, we were in Romans 5. Now we're in Romans chapter 8, verses 24 and 25, our primary text. Romans chapter 8, verses 24 and 25. I'm reading out of the King James Version. Here's what it says. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Verse 25. But if we hope for that we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. That would be, once again, to summarize Romans chapter 8, verse 24 and 25. The Apostle Paul gives the definition of hope. In these words from these two classical verses, verse 24 and 25 in Romans 8, number one, he says, hope is invisible. And that's a key point. He says that by way of the fact when he says, but hope that is not seen. Hope is not seen. Hope is invisible. The reason hope is invisible because hope is an attribute. It is, if you will, a characteristic. It is, if you will, a description of God. So hope being an attribute a characteristic, a description of God because God is invisible. 
God is spirit, John 4, 24, being spiritual in his nature, being spiritual in essence, being spiritual in his character, God is invisible. When the Bible says God is love in 1 John 4, 8, it doesn't mean that every time you say love, you say God, but you do. But it depends on the context. But one thing we are saying is that God is invisible. And love is invisible. And hope, Paul says right here in this text, is invisible. Now, I like the way Paul wrote this message to the Roman Christians. The first instance, he gives a direct result of what hope does. This is the result of what hope does. This is the first thing that happens with hope. Hope is not just getting what we want, wishing for things that we haven't gotten, and wanting to get what we don't have. The first result of hope is that you and I are saved by hope. We need to come to the terms that the greatest work in hope is to save our souls. Paul says it, for we are saved by hope. What does he mean by we are saved by hope? Very good question. We'll answer it by the word. Don't want to answer it by my opinion, what I think, what I feel, what you may think or feel, what somebody may have said, what somebody says in some religious experience or church or worship or how they have postulated it. But what the Bible says, well, Melvin, if hope saves me, if it saves you, if it saves us, how does hope do that? Great question. Here it is. The Bible teaches, if we may give another supporting scripture, it is in the book of Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Jesus is giving what we call the Great Commission. But in those words, in verse 15, it says, go into all the world, speaking to his disciples, apostles, and preach the gospel to every single creature slash person. The ones that believe and are baptized will be saved. The ones that do not believe will be damned or condemned. You see what Jesus stated there in Mark 16 and beginning at verse 15, he tells you and I, first of all, about believing, about having faith. The people that believe, the people that have faith is going to be shown in action. The action would be the outcome. The action would be the results. The people that believe and are baptized, believing is invisible. Being baptized is visible. Believing and being baptized go together. For when a person really believes, they will be baptized. And notice what he says. He that believes and is baptized Result, outcome, will be saved. Will be saved. Now, that means there are three things that are supposed to happen in order for you and I to be saved by hope. 
Number one, we must hear the gospel supporting scripture. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Right here in Mark 16 and verse 15, it says we are to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? Thirdly, you and I must repent from our past sins. Supporting scripture, Acts 17, verse 30. Here's what it says. And at the times of this ignorance of man, God overlooked. But now he has commanded all people everywhere to repent. It is an interesting word, repent, coming from the Greek language. It is the word metanoia. It literally means to have a change of direction. In other words, a change of mind, a change of heart. Not a change of my physical heart in my chest, but a change of heart referring to the mind. How do we know that? Because the Bible describes, unless it is talking in context about a physical person, but for the most part, the Bible, when it describes the heart, ladies and gentlemen, it's usually referring to the mind. The reason we know that is because the definitive scripture that shows that to be true is Matthew 10 and verse 4. Jesus asked this question, why are you thinking evil in your hearts? Thoughts do not come from our chests, as we have illustrated in time past, but they come from our heads. That's the heart the Bible is referring to. So we are saved by hope. How do we get saved by hope? We have to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have to believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. We have to, uh, we just mentioned, repent from our past sins, change our minds about them. Then we have to acknowledge through confession that Jesus Christ is God's son. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 and 33, another supporting scripture. Jesus is talking. He says, whoever believes and confesses that I am the son of God, Jesus Christ, I will confess, acknowledge them before my father in heaven on that judgment day. But if they deny me, which means, ladies and gentlemen, to not accept him, but rather to reject him, to not acknowledge him, but rather be ashamed of him. I will not acknowledge them. I will be ashamed of them. I will tell them I never knew them. And that will be a terrible or the worst day they've ever had in their lives. It's interesting to me that already by the pattern of Jesus and his apostles, they've given us four variables, four principles that you and I have to go with and go by in order to be saved by hope. What we're reading here or have read in Romans 8 verse 24, and they are hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. Baptized number five, verse number 16, Mark 16, 16. The persons that believe and are baptized. Make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen. Don't put up an argument against it. Don't try to dig up some fancy, dancy argument not to do it. <laughs> don't make an excuse that you may already have done it and you don't want to do it anymore because the Bible says one baptism, it doesn't numerically mean just one in number. Ephesians chapter four, verse five, 
It means one the right way. One correct biblical baptism is not only quantitative, it's qualitative. It is qualified by the righteousness of God. It is only quantified by the descriptions and the unrighteousness of mankind. You see, ladies and gentlemen, you and I can be baptized 25 times quantitatively. That's the number. But if we haven't done it according to the righteousness of God, we're not saved by hope. We're just joining or becoming some member of some, what we call a man-made positioning of what is called a church. We must learn, as we have said in several other lessons, how to do things God's way. May I submit a scripture to support that idea? The Bible teaches because this is one of my favorite ones, I like to bring it up. I think it's a good way to bring it up, a good point to bring it up at this time. And it is in the Old Testament. And it's Jeremiah 32 and verse 39, one of my favorite ones. I brought it up before. We probably bring it up again. Right now it says, God talking, I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for the good of them and their children after them. Well, Melvin, you're repeating yourself. Well, so did God. God not only says that there in that passage in Jeremiah 32, verse 39, he answers it in the New Testament in John 14 and verse 6. In John 14, verse 6, connecting to Jeremiah 32, verse 39, Jesus is talking. Jesus, God's son, he says, I am the way, the definite article indicative or connected to in the English language Singular meaning one. God said in Jeremiah 32, verse 39, one way. Jesus says emphatically in John 14, 6, I am that one way. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? I know that's pretty clear. So in order to get saved by hope, you and I have to start doing those Five things. That's where we start. You start hearing the gospel and believing in Jesus Christ and repenting of our sins, changing our mind about our bad actions, our bad deeds, our bad thoughts. Then we acknowledge the Lord to control our lives. We, in the car or the cars of our lives, we stop driving and we become passengers. We let Jesus take over, which is very hard for some of us to do, by the way, because we think we have the directions straight and we know where we're going and what we want to do and how we want to do it. And the Lord says, you need to confess me and let me take over your life. And to prove that we've done that, that's where the baptism comes in. Baptism is a submission to the will of God through Jesus Christ. It means I'm proving that I've really heard. I'm proving that I really believe. I'm proving that I've really repented. I'm proving that I'm acknowledging you to take over my life. So I'm going to prove it by my actions and I'm going to get in that water. I'm going to go under that water. I'm going to come up out of that water having been baptized. Now, Lord, what are you going to do? The Lord says in Acts 2 and verse number 47, I'm going to add you to my church. The Lord's church is Christ. Christ's church, the church of Christ. Notice what he did not say. He did not say that you and I are going to join the church. He said, 
I'm going to add you to the church, okay? I'm going to add you. You cannot join the Lord's church, ladies and gentlemen. You have to be added to it. Let's illustrate. When you and I were born, we didn't join our families. At least I don't believe I joined mine. <laughs> you know, I'm joining when I was born. I couldn't even talk. Neither could you. We became babies, infancy. You didn't join your family. You were added to it by processing a birth. Our birth processing brought us to the additioning or additions of our human families. God's spiritual birth through Jesus Christ of being born of water and spirit in the supporting scripture of John chapter three, verses three to five, brings us to baptism, renewing our second nature. That is our new nature from our old nature. Now we have heavenly nature and our old sins have been washed away. Now, what is interesting to me along with this is not only that we are saved by hope. The Bible says, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Connection with Romans 8, 24, that Acts 2, 47. And the Lord added to the church daily, every single day, those who are being saved. The saved are in the church. The saved have hope because the saved were saved by hope. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you and I don't or are not able to see who may be saved or not. Only because we may not be there geographically, we may not be there spiritually, or we may not be there in knowledge in terms of what we just discussed, the process of how hope saves you and I. It's not required that I be in every baptismal experience or where a person is getting their salvation as a result of hope. I don't have to show up. While yet I understand I am supposed to and required to be in worship, I'm required to be in stewardship. I'm required to be in fellowship. First John 1 and verse 7. But I don't have to attend everybody's receiving of salvation experience, but they sure do. If it's yours, you better be there. If it's mine, I'm going to be there. Because you and I, it says, are saved by hope. First instance, once again, to recap, Paul says in verse 24, hope is invisible. It's invisible because God is invisible. And it comes to the visibility that is to surface and is shown when you and I put forth the action of obedience, as we just described. Verse 25. But if we hope for that we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. While yet Paul is talking about in this Romans chapter 8 passage, the glorification of our bodies, the change of us in the future. Paul is describing those from verses 1 down to verse number 23. 
He is not only talking about your and my salvation from a historical standpoint, but a present reality as well as a future experience. You see, salvation means that you and I were chosen to be saved by hope. You and I presently are being saved by hope. And you and I in the future will be saved because of our hope. We have this hope in Jesus Christ. We have this hope in God. And God certainly cannot lie. We have this hope because the Bible clearly says in the book of Titus chapter 2 and verse 13, and we thank you, Lord, again and again that we have this blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, which is the hope that we keep on our minds and we constantly look for. This is similar to what we read in the last session from 1 John chapter 3, where John says, everyone that has this hope keeps himself purified. The more we hope, the more we become pure. Purifying is equivalent with hoping. And hoping is equal to purifying. And the more hope I have, the more purified I become. The more purified I become, the more sanctified I become. Sanctified, set apart. Purified, being cleansed. And the more purified and sanctified I become, the more satisfied God will be. It's interesting that Paul here gives us these lesson reminders. Two in these two verses. One, hope is invisible first before it becomes visible to show us that we are saved as a result of hope. Two, to show us that hope is visible, that we must act in hope so that God will continue the process of salvation through Jesus Christ. Today, if you are not saved by hope, we hope and pray that we have said something that will give you that sustaining hope. Now, we have a story that we like to share. <clears throat> Excuse me. If we may, and it goes like this. I was reading this and I was, I was captivated by it. And I discovered that this is how a lot of people think. It's a hopeful story. It's called, But First Syndrome. Just wanted to let you know that I have recently be, been diagnosed with a very serious condition and there is no hope I will ever recover. The scientific world is frantically searching for a cure. This is an, an element many of us suffer from and may not as yet even know we've been diagnosed. However, now you may be able to discuss it with your loved ones and try to explain what really happened to you all those times you tried so hard to accomplish something and didn't. They call it the but first syndrome. You know, it's when I decide to do the laundry and start down the hall and notice the newspaper on the table. Okay, I'm going to do the laundry. 
But first, I'm going to read the newspaper. After that, I notice the mail on the table. Okay, I'll just put the newspaper in the recycle stack. But first, I'll look through that pile of mail and see if there are any bills to pay. Yes, now, where's the checkbook? Oops. There's the empty glass from yesterday on the coffee table. I'm going to look for that checkbook, but first, I need to put the glass in the sink. I head for the kitchen, I look out the window, and notice my poor flowers need a drink of water. I put the glass in the sink, and darn it, there's the remote for the TV on the kitchen counter. What's it doing here? I just put it away, but first... I need to water those plants. Head for the door and ah, okay. I'll put that remote away and water the plants. But first, I need to feed my dog. By the end of the day, laundry is not done. Newspapers are still on the floor. Glass is still in the sink. Bills are unpaid. Checkbook is still lost. The dog ate the remote control. And when I try to figure out how come nothing got done all day, I'm baffled because I know I was busy all day. I realize this condition is serious. I need to get help. I need hope. But first, I think I'll check my email. Ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to be saved by hope, we can't put things before it. We already know what comes after hope, our salvation. If you really believe that, we invite you to take part in it. If you're in our area on Sunday morning, please visit us at Chowchilla Church of Christ at 701 Trinity Avenue, Chowchilla, California. Our morning Bible study begins at 9 o'clock a.m. I worship at 10 o'clock a.m. And we invite you all to be part of that. And with all the pandemic going on, we do practice social distancing safely and wear a mask. Our midweek services, Wednesday Bible study is from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. And if you would like a copy of the lessons from this podcast, then you can simply email us at chowchillachurchofchrist at gmail.com. Or if you have any questions or comments, call us please at area code 559 223-1973. And with that being said, we're going to close out in prayer. Father, we thank you again for giving us insights, giving us hindsight, but mostly giving us foresight into your word. Please continue to give us hope in Jesus Christ. We pray this through our salvation in his name. Amen and amen. Who in the strength of Jesus trust, who in the strength of Jesus trust is more than God.